As we are rounding out the end of our March sermon series, The Heart of Darkness, we're going to be listening to a familiar story by Jesus called uh, The Parable of the Lost Son or The Parable of the Prodigal Son. Now, this is a pretty common image, a pretty common reference in uh, Western society. No matter how good your biblical literacy is, most of us understand the idea of a prodigal son, somebody who has wandered off and is trying to make their way back home. But the story really isn't about the son or his older brother so much as it is about the nature of the father in the story. This part of the Gospel of Luke is a section about Jesus sharing these stories about lost items and the fact that their owners will go to great lengths to find them, to bring them back. And then when that reunion takes place, there is great rejoicing. And so whether it be a lost sheep or a lost coin or a lost son, these stories tell us about the nature of God our Father, the heart that he has for his lost children and the length to which he goes to reach out for them. And the reason that this connects into the series of the heart of darkness is it helps us to understand that when we've come to a better view, a better perspective of the brokenness in the world around us, we've come to a better understanding of the brokenness within ourselves. We've, we've asked ourselves the hard questions of, am I willing to repent? Do I hear God's call to come back home, to do things his way? Am I willing to listen to his voice, a voice that isn't my own? Am I willing to admit that my brokenness even leads to death? And in understanding this, am I willing then to be sought out by the Father and brought back in, brought back home? And the interesting thing about this story is that it doesn't only tell the story or the side or the picture of someone who has wandered off and found their own way uh, pretty explicitly, overtly going their own direction, but it also gives us a glimpse of someone who has remained in the family And yet, even while being a member of the family inside this covenant, this relationship with the Father, the brokenness and wandering that takes place in the heart. So listen into these verses from Luke as we hear the familiar story of the prodigal son. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all of his belongings and moved to a distant land where he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. 
The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you've always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. What a beautiful picture of the father's love for a lost son who has found his way back home. Before the son could even step foot onto the premises and the property, the father runs out to him and says, get things together for a party because my son was lost and is found. He was as good as dead, but he has come back to life. It's really interesting to think about how sometimes maybe you have followed in the footsteps of this lost son. How maybe you have wandered your own way and you've demanded blessings from God and then taken the good things that he has given you and used them for your own benefit, your own selfish desires, your own wandering in life. But as we walk our own way, whether it be a famine that hits or hardship that comes our direction or simply the realization that we have gone out and become lost, remote, abandoned out there in the world, a quiet voice reminds us that it's time to come back home. And when we come back home, the Father embraces us, celebrates with the heavenly host that a lost child, a dead child has been brought back to life. Not even death, remember last week, not even death keeps God from doing His work in our lives. This picture from Luke 15 reminds us of the great power of God to work even in situations where someone is as good as dead. But then we have this older son too. And when I went through my upbringing and I studied this uh, familiar story many, many times. I remember a high school Bible study. It was a breakfast Bible study. We were sitting around the table at a mentor in my life, my friend Ben's house, and he passed out the sheet. And then he just asked, which son is this story about? Now, this was a time when my brother uh, was in high school with me, and then we had friends who also had some siblings. And so around the table, it was interesting. Those who were the older sibling tended to feel like the story was about them. It's about how the older sibling was wrong or angry or short with their younger brother or sister. And the other people around the table kind of thought, well, clearly it's about the younger sibling and the fact that uh, they were wild living and they were embracing a, a, a bad lifestyle, but the father brought them back and that's what it's all about. But then Ben reminded us that this story isn't about either brother, but about the father. And the joy and the love that the father expresses to both of his sons. One in a corrective way. The younger son knew what he had done. He understood that he had made a grave mistake. He didn't need to be taught any more of a lesson because he was reaping the reward for his actions. No money, no health, no friends, no food. He was trying to eat food that he was feeding to pigs. And no one would give him anything. But then we also hear about the older son who wanted to teach his younger brother a lesson this whole time, but the father, in understanding the younger son's point of having learned his lesson, welcomes him back home and gives him, invites him into this relationship filled with grace and love. But then the older sibling, out there working in the fields, he comes home to discover that this 
long lost brother, this brother who had wandered off on his own way, who had reaped the benefits of his father's hard work for a lifetime and then squandered it and threw it away. He finds out that that's the person that this party, this celebration is all about. That's the person who's going to receive the fattened calf, this thing that had been being prepared for some kind of significant celebration. In his mind, he's thinking, why are we wasting it on him who threw us away, who walked his own way? But the father, notice, steps out toward that son as well. He says, look, everything I have is yours. But this brother of yours who has been lost is found. He was as good as dead and he has been brought back to life. The great celebration of that which was lost being found. Now we don't get any more commentary on the discussion between the father and son because the point is again about the father. But this is where you and I have the opportunity to finish the story ourselves a little bit. Which son do you relate to? Maybe it's not about which son the story is about, but which one are you hearing a reflection of yourself in? Are you the one who is wandering your own way? Have you embraced wild living in some aspect of your life and you've just decided to take the benefits and the blessings that God has given you and use them for your own purposes? Maybe you're like the older son. Maybe you feel a little bit entitled to blessing and benefit and yet you seem to be only receiving hardship. Maybe you feel like you're seeing all these uh, immature people of faith or these younger people squandering away the joy they have in Christ and you're, and you're just thinking, why are things changing? Why are they not embracing this quiet life of, of faith? Why aren't they worshiping the way that I worship? Why aren't they saying the things that I say? Maybe you're growing bitter in your heart. Maybe you're wondering what it is that God has in store for you if it seems like these people that have just lived broken lives and your life has been so well, so well taken care of, you haven't made those same great mistakes, you haven't broken down the way that other people have broken down, and yet why is the celebration around them as big as you think it should be around you? And the judgment and the bitterness and the superiority has a way of creeping in. And the heart of darkness once again rises to our perception, rises to our attention. We realize that whether we have wandered outside of the family or we have grown so bitter in our understanding of our identity as being within the family of God, the heart of darkness in us finds a way to pervade even in those areas and in those ways. But let's remember again the nature of the Father. The Father who refuses to close the gate to the wandered son, who refuses to leave the dedicated son in the field alone, but goes out to the road and goes out to the field and meets both of his sons. In the strange situations and strange mindsets they found themselves in, the father goes out to meet them. And that's the lesson we need to remember as we walk through this series of the heart of darkness. The father comes out to meet us. He's not waiting for us to clean up all the darkness in our hearts first. He's not waiting for us to make sure that we are ready to commit to him. He's not waiting to make sure that he can really trust us with the benefit of grace and mercy. He comes out to meet us, whether we find ourselves in this strange, entitled, bitter mindset, or we're in a place of repentance for the wild living, this inappropriate or, or harmful activity that we've been involved with, he comes out to meet us in both places and says, that heart of darkness is mine. 
because you are my child. Nothing you do can rip you away from me. And so as we walk through Lent together, as we remember the great promises of God, we remember the great lengths to which God went to win us over to him as his children through the death of his son on the cross. I encourage you to think about the sons in this story of the prodigal son. Search your heart. Are you embracing a life of wild living? Are you embracing a mindset of bitterness and resentment? Surrender those things to God and open your eyes to the fact that He has come out to meet you and welcome you in to the feast and celebration of joy and life with Him. We are getting closer and closer to Easter now, just three weeks away. God is surely meeting us where we are and welcoming us into that celebration. In Jesus' name, amen.